Welcome to the Balanced Babes podcast. I'm Kim Perez. I'm Amanda Montalvo. And we are functional nutritionists trained in a holistic, integrative approach to health and are founders of the Balanced Babe Method and Facebook group. We are on a mission to help women learn how to nourish their bodies, balance their hormones, and feel good in their skin. Because we've both dealt with our own health struggles, we are passionate about helping women become more in tune with their bodies and eliminate hormonal imbalances naturally through food, lifestyle habits, mindset, and targeted supplements tailored to each woman. We believe in the importance of intention, the power of intuition, and the value of prioritizing self-care. And we're here to empower all women. Before we get started, we want to remind you that we are not your doctor, and the content shared on this podcast is for informational purposes only. Please chat with your doctor before making any changes. Amanda, really quickly, I want to talk about one of my favorite non-toxic skincare techniques. It is called oil cleansing. And I know that can sound scary, like rubbing a bunch of oil on your face, but it's actually amazing for your skin. Like dissolves like. So if you're dealing with oily skin or like an overproduction of oil sometimes, then it can be really, really helpful. I personally love it because it's great at removing your makeup. It also is a very deep cleanse. I recommend only doing it at nighttime and it's a great addition to your self-care routine. My favorite oil blends come from Primally Pure. They have one for dry skin, one for oily skin, and one for normal skin, which I also recommend for combination skin. You can use the code BBP to get 10% off your first order. Amanda here, women's health dietitian and one half of the Balanced Babes podcast. And in this episode, I'm going to be interviewing Nina Boyce, a certified holistic health coach and hormone specialist based in Columbus, Ohio. After years of struggling with chronic anxiety and hormone imbalance, she turned towards an all-natural lifestyle to heal her body. Nina is passionate about women's health and the philosophy that all bodies are self-healing and resilient. Her coaching programs focus on total hormone wellness, mind, body, and soul. Incorporating both nutritional and stress reduction techniques with a blend of Reiki and tarot, deeper healing can be achieved. She is also the host of the Healing Hormones podcast, which I love and I've actually been on, where she interviews leading women in the world of menstrual health. Welcome, Nina. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm excited to have conversation number two with you today. I know. We did a great episode about nutrient deficiencies and the pill and just hormone imbalances on Nina's Healing Hormones podcast. So definitely Mm -hmm. go listen to that if you haven't already. I know we've been sharing about it on Instagram. Um, So we're going to pretty much we're diving into like your kind of history with anxiety, how you healed your hormones, but you have a very specific approach that is intriguing to me. Um, And we like things like, you know, healing on a deeper level, looking at that, not just like nutrition supplements, that kind of stuff. So we're going to dive into that. But first we have a few icebreaker questions so we can get to know you better. Uh, One of them is what's your favorite self-care activity? My favorite self-care activity. I feel like I have so 
many like different ones. Um, I really love going to acupuncture. Like that is self-care to me is like scheduling my acupuncture or scheduling cupping or scheduling a massage. Something that like I get out, I, I look forward to like, oh, I have this appointment where I can like really get into some deep relaxation mode. Um, but I, yeah, probably acupuncture or cupping. I think I said three things, but I like loop them all together. <laughs> yeah. Like body work basically. Yeah. Some sort body work. Of very cool. Kim, the, she does this podcast with me. She is a huge advocate of acupuncture and she mm. used it to like help the acupuncturist that she sees in New York where she lives, like specifically d- like will do specific types of acupuncture for hormones and like yes. where you are in your cycle. It's like the coolest thing ever. Um, so that's cool. Okay. So what book are you reading right now? I'm actually reading, um, what's it called? I don't even hold on. I have it right here. Cause I'm like currently <laughs> reading it. I'm actually going to let you know, um, real food for pregnancy is what I'm reading and I'm not pregnant yet, but I'm very interested in the topic. And also, um, just with the work that I do, I have like a lot of clients recently that are interested in that. So I'm like super into that area right now. It's a fascinating yeah. book. It's a good yeah. one if you haven't read it. It's Lily Nichols, right? Yes. Yes. Yep. She's a, a fellow dietitian in the space. Uh-huh. Um, and Kim, actually, we did a whole episode on like pregnancy stuff, obviously when she was pregnant. And that was one of the resources. Like she loves that book. It's great. Yeah. I'm going to have her on the podcast soon. So I'm excited oh, about that. Awesome. We'll have to listen yeah. to that episode. Um, yeah. It's a, it's a great book. And it's just, I feel like it kind of demystifies a lot of things with pregnancy and like food around pregnancy. There's a lot of myths out there and a lot of things that people focus on. I'm like, you should not be focusing on that right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's cool. All right. Last one. What's your favorite thing to do on your period? Uh, Take time to relax because I don't allow myself to do that. So being excited that I have like an excuse, like my body wants me to go under the covers and read and light a candle. I kind of look forward to going inward. I also get very intuitive around my period. So I'm like, I can pull out my tarot cards. I like, it's a little, it's a cozy time for me. That's good. Yeah. yeah. I love, I love hearing that. Cause I know like, you know, we all have different symptoms that we deal with like around that time. And sometimes like yes. you might have a great period where you don't have a lot of symptoms and then your next period you have like crazy cramps and like headaches. But, uh, I think slowing down like we always recommend that obviously like you can't always plan it you know if you don't get your period when you expect it that happens to me a lot I'm always like darn it yeah Um, but it really helps to slow down in your brain your left and right hemisphere the lining thins between them that's why you feel more intuitive during Mm, I actually didn't know that yeah I that's very interesting I I know that it's a time where I definitely like want to go inward and like I'm very obviously very emotional and I like use that to my advantage to kind of figure out like what's going on and what I need to express but I had no idea about like the thinning between the left and right hemisphere so basically like the lining thins during like leading up to like during your period and then that makes it so that you have way more communication between your left and right hemisphere so that's why you can feel it's a great time to make decisions to turn inward like journal think about stuff so it's it's definitely that's why a lot of women like it's like if you don't pay attention you can feel crazy right because you're having all this like stuff and communication in your head but if you do pay attention you can like really use it to your advantage so I was actually just talking to one of my clients yesterday and she's cried like multiple, she's just got off birth control not too long ago and she's cried like every period. And I was like, this is great. I was like, you're letting out these emotions and these feelings that have kind of been stuck and harbored in you. And you, they were kind of masked when you're on the pill. Now you're seeing what it feels like to go through these four phases. And instead of thinking, oh my gosh, I'm so hormonal or I'm so sensitive around my period. It's like, how can we flip it? 
use it to our advantage, get out what we need to get out. That's how I love to look at it. Yeah. I like to think about like whenever, like what I want to shed this month, you Mm -hmm. know? So like, I kind of set that intention, like whenever I, like the first day of my period, I'm like, what am I like letting go of with like, cause you're literally shedding a layer of yourself during your period. (laughs) So it's like, it's very neat. And then that helps you like build up because then, you know, toward in that luteal phase, you're really building up that uterine lining. And so then it's like, what do you kind of want to build? And then you're going to let go. And it's, it's a very, like our cycles are so transformational. It's so, they're very cool. And then I can totally see that like coming off the pill, like you, your brain hasn't communicated with your ovaries. So of course it's going to be overwhelming. You know, you're like, what is this? I've never experienced this. The the veil has been lifted. Yes. Now we can let it all out. Very cool. So yeah, that was cool. I'm glad that we went through those. I was, we have a bunch of them listed, like the uh, icebreaker questions. And I was like, what do I want to ask Nina? <laughs> like, let me see. Yeah. Okay. So why don't we get more into like your story? Cause I know like you're very passionate about anxiety and like holistic hormone healing. And I'd just like to know more, you know, how did you get here? What made you so interested in hormones? Yeah. So, you know, ever since I was younger, I grew up with a brother with severe special needs. So I feel like my home was always elevated. Like the energy in the home was always elevated. We were moving around a lot. You know, I saw a lot. He was in the hospital when he was younger, had like severe seizures. So I kind of like grew up in this fight or flight and it became just my natural state of being. Like I always was like that. Um, I never slowed down. Like even through high school, I was like always going from one thing to the next. And I think it was a way that I masked my anxiety at the time. Cause if I just kept going, I didn't have to like worry about all the things that were like going on underneath the surface. So I kind of just like went through with that, what had the same mentality throughout college when I eventually got on birth control for different reasons, obviously I kind of, you know, wanted to have sex and all of that, got on birth, birth control. But I realized like my anxiety was kind of getting worse and I was starting to have these really terrible headaches all the time, like above my right eye um, and just feeling like this angst, like underlying angst all the time. Uh, And I remember I would go to my doctor and I would say, I'm having like these periods of panic. I think it's the birth control. And obviously she would say, well, not obviously, but she was just, oh, I don't think it's that. Maybe we could try something else. Um, so I was kind of on this roller coaster of like on and off, trying different types of birth control, dealing with this anxiety. But it wasn't until I actually graduated college and I got a, a full-time job. I was a teacher, taught at two middle schools, taught over 550 kids. I was getting married. I was planning a trip to New York to sing with my kids. I was getting a master's degree. I just kept doing because that's all I knew. But my body eventually broke down on me. So I, at this point, I actually had gotten off birth control because I was just not feeling well while I was on it. And I had my first panic attack. Uh, My periods were really inconsistent. And like I kept, like my digestion was completely off. I wasn't able to really eat. The anxiety was so bad. I would wake up every morning with a stomach ache. And that's really what got me into this work was because it was the anxiety got to this point where I wasn't able to function well anymore. I was worried all the time. So I, of course, I went to my doctor and I was like, what's wrong? Something's going on. I don't know how to fix this. Um, And he just prescribed anxiety meds. And my gynecologist told me just to get back on the pill to regulate my period and that maybe it would help. And I was just so over all of that at that point that I just dove into this world on my own. And I started 
I was like kind of on the diet train. I was like, I'm going to try paleo to make me better. I'm going to try vegan to make me better. I'm going to try keto. And then really I learned it wasn't about following a specific diet. It was about really focusing on the foods and whole foods that would uh, serve my body and give my body what it needed. And then I got real into meditation and yoga. And so slowly I started to feel better because I was learning to connect into my body. And that's kind of what led me in down this path, ended up getting, you know, my certification to be a holistic health coach and kind of just furthered my path. And here I am, I'm not teaching anymore. So I'm coaching full-time podcasting and all that good stuff. Yeah. I was like reading on your website under your like, get to know me, like meet me section. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm tired reading about everything. It was crazy. (laughs) I'm like, I'm exhausted now. It's, it's a, it's a lot. And I, but I think so many women can relate to that, you know, like that feeling of like, number one, like, I think just how we are expected to show up in the world every day, like the same version of yourself, always striving for more. And not that it's bad to do that. I don't, I definitely don't think that. And I'm very like, goal-oriented and I have a lot of big plans for myself, but I think the more that I step back and look at what do I really want and what is really necessary and what is like kind of coming more from an outside source, like that's how you like really tune in, you know, and it sounds like Mm -hmm. you, and I, I think so many people have also done the dieting thing. I mean, I know I have Kim, like we've literally tried like every diet out there. I think that also like you know, when you're a nutritionist, that's just kind of like what happens, you know, you get very interested and want to experiment, but a lot of it's like kind of looking somewhere else like to heal. And you're I you're always looking outside yes. yourself. Like what's, what can I add or what can I supplement or what can I do? And yeah, there's, there's a need for that sometimes obviously, but it's more, I think the real healing happens when you can kind of figure out what, what are you missing? Like what's not serving you internally anymore? What can you let go of? Get in tune with what you really need, like mentally and emotionally. And so, and I know like, obviously like anxiety, gut health, like we know that those can be impacted by our hormones. And that kind of like led you to like getting more in tune and stuff like that. But like you're specifically focusing on hormone health. So Mm -hmm. how like, what did you learn about your hormones that was like, okay, this explains so much with my anxiety? I didn't realize, I, I really just thought like, oh, PMS, you know, I have more anxiety right before my period. I had no idea that there were these four phases to my cycle. I didn't know anything about what the pill was doing to my body. I didn't understand these fluctuations between estrogen and progesterone and how progesterone and having enough progesterone can help my anxiety. I, I just didn't have a clue. And it really was only that I was spotting and I was having an inconsistent period that I was like kind of diving into the world. Uh, but once I learned how my body works and how my hormones can support my mood and how certain food, even during each phase of the cycle, can support my body, it was really mind-blowing to me. And then also that like emotional and spiritual aspect of understanding, okay, during my period, I'm allowed to be a little bit more emotional or I am, it's okay for me to want to slow down and honoring that. Cause I thought just having anxiety, I, I literally thought I was broken. I was like, I'm crazy that I'm different than everybody else, but I wasn't. My body just needed more support. And then I also learned that I'm not supposed to feel the same way every single week. <laughs> and that was really helpful too. 
Yeah. And I think that's the hardest part is that like our society expects us to show up the same every day, you know, and like we live in a world where like in order for you to like advance, you have to, you feel like you have to do that. I don't think you necessarily do, but hopefully one day there will be much less stigma around women's health. And that's why we do yeah. this podcast. Um, exactly. So what were some of the things that you started to do when you were like, okay, this is my hormones. I think irregular cycles is like a huge sign for most people and spotting usually means low progesterone could also yeah. mean low estrogen. But like when you started to notice these things, like what were some of the first things that you did, you know, to start shifting that? It honestly started with food. So I really focused on taking out, crowding out the foods that weren't serving me. So I, it was experiment. I was experimenting. So I went, you know, gluten and dairy free, like a lot of people do, which uh, truthfully I felt so much better. And I still am dairy free and usually 95% of the time gluten free for myself. I just feel a lot better. Uh, and then focusing on like getting quality protein, like an animal protein, making sure I was doing grass fed and pasture raised and getting in enough greens. Like I very much was like, I'm going to get as much nutrients into my diet as I can. And that in itself helped, well, one, stabilize my blood sugar, which helped me feel more steady and less on this like emotional roller coaster. It helped ease anxiety in the body. So these like physical symptoms of anxiety started to go away, which then allowed me to address more of the mental stuff that was going on. So like what emotionally and spiritually was I nervous about? Where were these beliefs coming from that maybe I wasn't capable or that I was broken? So once I really went to like the physical uh, and food piece of it, I felt better. And then I started to address the mental health stuff. And I, I think that's what a lot of us do because obviously food is so important. You know, mm -hmm. if we eat it all day, every single day, you can't avoid it. And I think it can definitely help. I do want to highlight that you said animal protein because I can't tell you how many messages I've gotten on Instagram, like asking, like, or telling me usually that you don't, you shouldn't eat animal protein for hormone health. How can I be recommending that? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But the one and one thing you said was like nutrients you were just yes. trying to get more nutrients in your diet obviously those are the building blocks of our hormones and i think yeah. that's very underlooked and animal proteins are very very nutrient dense like obviously plants are and we need them and we need fiber but you can get a lot of minerals and vitamins from animal protein so just want to highlight that in case we get any feedback say and i will can i add something to yeah, that yeah yeah go for it i when I was really at like the lowest point with my anxiety, I decided to go vegan. And I felt, I, I personally, I felt terrible. I actually had never felt depressed in that way. Like I've had suppressed mood. I've had periods of feeling depressed, but I was so exhausted, so like low. And I didn't understand why. And went and I started to have animal protein again. And almost like immediately I started to feel better. And now I know, and I've had like, even on my own podcast, I've talked to people that are plant-based or that are vegan. And I think it's very interesting to learn from a wide range of people, but you have to really know your body. And there is something to meat having, of course, like complete protein, but like having all of these nutrients in one thing that are highly absorbable that your body knows what to do. I mean, plants have things, you're right, but I don't know. There's something to animal protein being really beneficial. 
I will just say that I've worked with hundreds of women and I've never been able to have a woman heal her hormones completely without animal protein, at least some. And I have clients. Yeah. Eggs are my, like probably like one of my favorites. And like, if you're someone that doesn't eat animal protein, start with eggs. They're a very easy source. Eat the yolk though. That's like where all the nutrients are. Eat the yolk, please. (laughs) Uh, But okay. I'm glad that we, I just wanted to like highlight that because we've, I've recently gotten like a lot of feedback on that. And I know Mm -hmm. that there's like documentaries and stuff out there, but you shouldn't get your nutrition information from a documentary because people make money off of it. So just something to consider. So, Mm -hmm. okay. I love the nutrition piece. Kind of want to go back to like how you started to dive inward more Mm because this is something that like we, talk about a lot in our Facebook group. Kim and I have like ruminated a lot and we kind of like mention it, but I feel like we, one of the biggest pieces of feedback that we get is like, how, like, how do you get to know yourself better? How do you start that? So like, what did that, and obviously it's, everyone's going to be different, but what did that look like for you to start getting more spiritual? Truly it started with yoga for me, because I think it's really easy to say, sit down and meditate, go inward, like listen to your soul, like all things I kind of say, but really like getting into the body first is what helps. So you have to be able to connect with the physical body first. And for me, that was yoga. It could be exercise in any other form for another person. But when I was in yoga, I realized like I was able to shut my brain off and I was then able to focus on how does my body feel? Where do I feel heaviness in the body? Or like even in Shavasana, it was like, oh, wow, this is what relaxation feels like. And then when your body is in homeostasis, it's like, now I have space to hear. Like these little um, intuitive hits will come to you. That's what I like to call them. Like a little ping will come to you. A lot of people feel it when they're in the shower. You know, they're relaxing, they're in the shower, they're feeling good. And then these intuitive hits come. So it started with yoga. Then I started playing around with meditation. Like there has to be some, I was really trying to fix, cure my anxiety. So I was like, I'm going to do this meditation thing. And I think I started with the Calm app. It preps you. Uh, Boho Beautiful has a YouTube channel. I used to, I still use hers, but she has these 10 minute meditations I would do all the time. And little by little, I, I was, it's like you get bit by it. Like you start to feel in your whole body what it's like to have that calm sensation. You start to listen. You hear like your own inner voice more. You start listening to that. Then you start kind of testing the universe. So I would say, I would like, oh, if I see this, then that means the universe is, I, I started playing around with the universe. I read The Universe Has Your Back by Gabrielle Bernstein. That really helped me, give me some practical tools. I started reading a lot of books like that just to get in tune and journaling. That was one of the, like, I never was a journaler, but I realized I didn't have to make it so black and white. It wasn't such like this uh, intense task. I would just sit down with my journal and just write out how I was feeling, write out how I wanted to feel, release, started with gratitude lists. And again, it just sort of snowballs. It snowballs like you get bit by the bug, the intuitive bug. <laughs> I love that. It's a, and I like I love how you explained like the kind of like how it 
you know, evolved over time. So like getting into your body first, Mm -hmm. everyone can relate to that, whatever kind of movement you want to do. And I even think like, that's still something that I find like just getting quiet and like creating that quiet space. It's like, if you can just do that and take the pressure away, like you don't have to go to yoga class or know how to do yoga. You don't have to know how to meditate, but just like sitting with yourself. And I, it's very hard to do The more Obviously the more you do it, the more you kind of like crave it. But I know like when I was, I tried to meditate too and it like did not go well. I I forced myself for like a year and I was like still not getting much out of it. And Mm -hmm. I finally was like, okay, so like I want to do like more of a moving meditation and then just journal after and have like, you know, like no kind of expectations. And I think when we remove that, that can be really helpful. But I like that. So like moving, kind of finding something that can guide you. I love the Insight Timer app. Have you ever tried that one? No. It has like a free seven day meditation course that you can do. And it's it's nice for new people because it goes through different types of meditation, which is like, mm-hmm. I think helpful because you there's so many different types. And I think people think they have to just like kind of sit there. Um, but I, that's definitely a good one. So, and I know you're very into like tarot and Reiki yeah. and we're going to talk about that. But before we get into like that side, so it, like to me, it sounds like you got really burnt out. And like that kind of led to a lot of hormone imbalances and like exacerbating that anxiety. Like, when did you realize that it was burnout? Because when you talk about it, it's like, you knew that you were doing too much, but like, when did it hit you? Like, I have to make a change. Truthfully, it was when I was, would be at work and my body would feel so panicked. I, I almost, it's hard for me to describe, but for somebody that's struggled with like really chronic anxiety, you can't focus everything becomes a problem. So things I wouldn't worry about, it was like, um, they would just pop in my mind and I would immediately panic or I would get this pit in my stomach. And then also there were times where I couldn't eat. Like it got that bad that there would be points where I just wanted to shut down and I wanted to retreat. And I knew this isn't healthy anymore. This isn't me. I knew that this was not the way I want to show up anymore. And that's when I decided that I had to make a change because I think a lot of us push through physical symptoms. Like, oh, we have a headache. We have cramps. Oh, we have a stomach ache. We know we have digestive issues. We can push through those. But when your mental health gets in the mix and you physically like, and mentally can't show up for your, for your life, for your work, for your family, that's when you know that there's something that needs to change. And I think we have a lot of people that get to that point and listen to our podcast and join our Facebook group. So I'm wondering like if there were just a few things that you could tell them, like if, if someone finds himself in that space of like, I know I need to make a change, like I can't live like this anymore. What word, what would be like, you know, two to three things that you would say, like maybe consider this as something you can start doing right now mm-hmm. to kind of relieve some of that. The first thing I would say is if you have the means to find somebody to talk to, like a therapist, there go to therapy. That was the one thing I felt like it was a safe space where I could at least go and get all the thoughts out of my head. I didn't have to call my mom who maybe wouldn't understand or would phrase things in a way that didn't make me feel better. My husband didn't understand. Like, okay, I'm scheduling therapy and I'm going to go and I'm going to talk about my feelings and what's going on. So that's step one. And then step two is you really have to get your body out of fight or flight because it's living in this mode that it's like impossible 
to self-soothe when you're so uh, elevated. So if you can find something, whether it's taking a magnesium bath at home or going to schedule a massage or drinking chamomile tea and lighting a candle, like try to do something, even like self-soothing, like breathing, putting something heavy on your chest. Find a way to calm the stress response in the body. It'll just help build over time. So those two things. And then as much as you can start to look into like what foods are kind of triggering and inflammatory to your system, because there's only so much you can do when you're not really underlying or addressing the underlying inflammation that's going on too. Yeah, I love that. And I think for just because I I know like the number one tip, like talking to someone, we've actually gotten quite a few questions about that. And we did a whole podcast. It's episode 21 and it's with Christy Malone and she actually, she's a therapist and she goes through how to find a therapist. So if you're listening, go listen to that episode so you can, and you're wanting to help like finding a therapist, like there's a lot of really cool resources that we linked. Um, And then one note, I, I love the getting out of fight or flight. I think it's hard to know, but it's like, if you're constantly feeling those feelings of anxiety, if you have lots of PMS or an irregular cycle, then you know that your body is stressed. So it's like, those are some really clear signs. Mm-hmm. I also like cold therapy. Like I hate cold therapy, but like it's very effective. So I, I use it and I use it with clients like cold showers or like mm-hmm. alternating like contrast showers, just cause it takes your body from, it takes you, it forces you to get out of that stress state and go into that. Okay. I might freeze to death. So I have to shut down kind of the stress. So it's, it's, that's another like super effective one too, if you're wanting to mix stuff in, but that's helpful. And I, that's stuff, cause I'm like, okay, I know other people are going to relate to this. I know they're going to be like, that's literally me. Like she's me. What do yeah. I do? <laughs> so I think just, you know, it, it doesn't have to be like, yes, it's amazing to work with someone. And I always say like, that is best because then you aren't figuring it out on your own, but there's a lot that you can do. And it's, mm-hmm. I would say like, you know, just careful with what you listen to on social media, you know, and then, and just try to find what works. Yeah. And I want to say one other thing. It's really hard to get out of the mind when you're struggling and you're really in like the pits of anxiety. So any way that you can get into your body, whether that's yoga or stretching or going for a run can make it worse sometimes if you're like elevating your stress hormones, but like uh, anything that helps you do that, whether you could even like, um, what did I learn? You tap on your arms and you like tap on your chest, like you really feel parts of your body or stamping your feet, stomping your feet on the ground. Any way that takes you out of the brain into the body is going to help jumpstart that quicker too. That's, that's cool. And that's something that you can do like, you know, right away when you start doing these things, like you don't always feel better immediately. Sometimes you do. Like some people will find things and they're like, this is amazing. I need this like every day. Sometimes it can take time though. And hormones are always the last thing to change. I get so many women that are like, okay, I need to like work on my hormone balance. And then we have to do like gut work stuff and nutrient replenishment. And they're kind of like, but when is this like going to actually change? And it's like, it can take months, you know, like Mm. hormones take time. Um, So it's, it's nice to have stuff like that, that you, in the meantime, you know, like while you're working, on healing and doing the things that you can use. So that is great. It's like some great, great tips, hopefully that people take advantage of. Um, okay. So now I want to talk about Reiki and tarot and the fun stuff. So we haven't had anyone on that like really focuses on these things or uses them in their practice. So let's just go over like, what is Reiki and like energy work? And like, how do you kind of incorporate that with hormone healing? So Reiki is a Japanese technique, like at its core, for stress reduction and uh, soothing. So when you go to a Reiki practitioner, you know, you're usually lying down 
or sitting. Um, and the Reiki practitioner uses light touch to focus on your seven chakra centers. Uh, and really, you are then like working to release any blocked energy from these chakra centers. But at the same time, your body is is getting out of that sympathetic state and going to a more relaxed um, rest and digest parasympathetic state while you're doing the Reiki session. So we know that just by simply calming the body and taking time for it to release and to unwind, uh, we're supporting our hormones and we're supporting our body. So yeah, like the first time I had a session, I remember I got up and I was Reiki high. That's what I call it. I got up and I was like, wow, I feel so calm. Like I just, I felt like I had just drank a glass of wine or something. And it's just, I felt really soothed. Um, but in addition to just stress reduction, it obviously does focus on clearing energy from the body. So whether you're, I don't know, we all can relate to going to work or school and talking with somebody that has a negative energy and we almost absorb it. You know, we go, we leave that conversation. We're like, oh, I just feel heavy or I feel like I've absorbed what this person, you know, was ever complaining about. And so those affect our energy centers. They affect our chakras. And sometimes we need some help getting that out and releasing it and reinstating um, the flow of energy throughout the body. Okay. So what does it like look like if you go to like do a Reiki session with someone? Like what do they do? Well, if anybody's been to acupuncture, you know, you lay on the table and then the acupuncturist puts the needles and specific meridians in the body. When you have a Reiki session, the Reiki practitioner is using their hands and they're placing it on different, nobody can see me, but they're placing it on different um, chakras. So you have seven chakras, your root, which is your feet, uh, your sacral chakra, which is like right below the belly button your solar plexus, which is in the belly, your heart chakra, your throat chakra, your third eye, and your crown chakra. And each of these have like a spiritual connection and an emotional connection. So for example, like your root chakra is what helps you feel grounded. It helps you feel safe. It usually relates to like finances, things with the home. Your sacral chakra below your belly button has a lot to do with sexuality, hormone health, pelvic health. Um, feeling safe in your body and with your emotions. And so we can, we can kind of go up through all of them. But when I have my hands lightly placed on each of these chakras, you can feel whether there is a lot of heat around that chakra. Maybe it's overbalanced. There's too much energy. If you think about uh, maybe your heart having like too much energy, you're always constantly giving and, and sharing with others and giving all of yourself to everyone else, but maybe you're not giving enough to yourself. And so in that sense, the belief is Reiki will flow where it needs to go. So I'm just the middleman, I guess. And I set the intention that say there's a lot of heart energy. I want that heart energy to flow to another chakra that perhaps needs it more. Maybe you're feeling super ungrounded and you're transitioning jobs or you're moving or maybe you feel very financially unstable and there's a block in the energy in your root chakra. We reinstate it by setting the intention for Reiki energy to flow. 
Does that make sense? Yeah. And I feel like that was a really good explanation. Like, (laughs) Oh, thanks. This is the first time I've talked about it since I just got my Reiki too. So I'm glad it made sense. Like I could visualize it, you know, so that, I mean, I'm sure like, I feel like people will definitely get that. So I mean, cause I like my, so my sister does this, my younger sister, she's like a yoga teacher, right? Cool. Certified, but I'd never actually had it done with her cause I live very far away. Um, but it's like always been interesting to me and it's, and I get the energy piece and I think, you know, just to get really nerdy with energy so that if we have any like sciencey type people, cause like that's kind of how my brain works out there. Like we really do have an energy field and you yes. can actually measure it. And it's specifically coming from our heart. I use like heart math. So it's, it's like heart math is like a whole type of science with like basically relaxation, lots of things you can do with your mind to like get into that parasympathetic state. So it's like similar. And it's like the idea is that like, we do have this energy field and like, if you, by improving your own energy field, you can improve other people's, but it's the same thing where like you mentioned, like getting negative energy from someone, it's Mm -hmm. literally because they radiate that in a field that like Mm -hmm. is ours. So this is scientifically proven. It is it's like, it's very, very interesting. And so I can totally see using this hormones because like we were kind of talking about before, in order to heal, you have to be in that parasympathetic or relaxed state. That's like, that's our building up state. Whereas the sympathetic or stress state is like breaking down things in the body to deal with the stress. So obviously like Reiki can help. Is there anything like basically like from your findings of the session, like say someone has like way too much heart energy or like that's out of balance. Like, are there things you do with your lifestyle like that you recommend people change to kind of keep that in balance? Yeah. Well, for example, like with the sacral chakra, a lot of times if you're struggling with PMS or hormone imbalances, there's a lot you're carrying in your sacral chakra. And we know that women store emotions in their hips and in their pelvic region so if I can sense that there isn't a lot of flow in the sacral chakra, a lot of times like I'll ask, what's going on? You know, like what emotions are you holding on to? What maybe are you not, um, where are you not living out exactly what you want to be living out in your life? And I've had numerous clients break down and cry because it's like for the first time they're really addressing their, there's these pieces of them that they need to release. And that, that's kind of like where I go with each session. So if it's the heart chakra, where are you not showing yourself enough love? Or where are you overextending your heart? And where, and give, like women, we give so much, you know? So it's like, where are you over giving and not taking enough for yourself? And that sparks things for them. And then we kind of go from there. So it's like almost, okay, here's some practical things that you can do emotionally and spiritually to start to release some of this tension. When I've ever had Reiki done on myself, and I'm very open about this, I struggle with period pain still and pelvic pain and back pain, and I'm trying to figure out what it is, but they've felt like tension in my hips. And re- and I've had uh, times in Reiki where my hips will shudder, like I'm releasing blocked energy from my hip area. It's It's kind of crazy. <laughs> That's really wild. I mean, I can see it because like the energy, it's just so wild that it's like this person just like lightly puts their, like touches you, you know, like barely anything, but it's just that energy and it can change where your energy flows. Like that's just, it's super, it's simple. It's very simple. It's, but it sounds like super powerful. Yeah. And the thing that really got me is you can't do Reiki wrong because everything is energy and 
the idea is it's going to flow where it needs to flow. So as a practitioner, it's not like something magical where it's like, I'm sending this Reiki from your heart to your root or whatever. It's like, no, I'm using the energy from my body and the energy within your body. And I'm setting the intention for things to flow where they need to go. So interesting. And the hip thing too. So like Kim is an NTP, like an nutritional therapy practitioner. So they literally, like, she's done assessments on me. It's so cool. Like, you put, like, a little bit of a specific type of supplement in your mouth. Like, and she, like, measure. one of the big things is measuring your hips and, like, your feet. And if you have, like, an imbalance. And I remember, like, mine's always imbalanced because it's adrenal health related, right? And, like, hormone related. And so, like, no matter what, I feel like if you're an entrepreneur and you're just, like, figuring out your life and stuff, it's like you're going to yeah. have that imbalance. And it was so interesting. She's like, yeah, like, there's an imbalance in your hip. And I was like, yeah, like, my right hip has been bothering me so so much, you know, and she's like, we hold stress in our hips. Absolutely. So I feel like it's so in like, so then basically like she puts different supplements in your mouth to see if it like evens it out so that you know what to take. And it's just like, it's really wild. But I think there are, there's so much connection in these other areas. And it's so, it's great to focus on like nutrition and lifestyle. Like you have to, and I think that's kind of how you hit that maintenance mode, but tuning in a little bit more and it almost like forces you to get into like, what's really going on, like on this deeper level. Right. Because there's always, I kind of believe, and it's hard to even admit it to myself, but that there is like this emotional piece of our health that we can get all the other parts in place. But if we're not addressing what's causing a disturbance underneath all of that, we're really doing ourselves a disservice by not getting into all aspects. Again, mind, body, and soul. We have to address all three. I think I'm going to use that as the clip for the podcast. (laughs) That was perfect. Um, Do it. (laughs) That was like, I was like, yeah, that's it. That's going to be the clip. Um, So, and I think that's a great, there's actually a ton of research and it's interesting. Like when you, you know, I follow like Rob Wolf, like for, you know, over a decade now from when like I first started CrossFit and I like learned about him and even his research and a lot of his colleagues, like they first focus so much on food and then it's movement and then it's blood sugar and then it's inflammatory foods. And then in his last book that he wrote, he had a huge section on community and how there's a ton of research around like people are healthier that have more communities, like family or just like people around them. Absolutely. And it is in in, like, so like to me, like that, the connection is that like your relationship with yourself obviously matters. And then, cause that impacts like your relationship with other people, but it it all kind of goes hand in hand. Mm -hmm. Okay. So tarot. Cause like, I think Reiki's obvious because now everyone hopefully understands how it impacts our nervous system, um, in like mindset on a deeper level, but like you use tarot. I know like Mm -hmm. on some of your posts and stuff, you say like, you'll pull a card at the end of your sessions with clients. Mm -hmm. What got you into that? What is tarot? Because I think there's a lot of misinformation around tarot. Um, And then how do you use it kind of with clients and healing hormones? So I'll say I grew up very strictly Italian Catholic. So there have been misconceptions around, you know, tarot and even Reiki. It's like, oh, it's evil or you're going into things that you shouldn't. Absolutely not. And you can, if you want to believe, tarot is a tool. I'll put it that way. It's a tool for connecting to your inner voice, your soul voice, whatever you want to call it. And if you want to believe that the cards are divinely guided by whatever your higher power is, whether that's God or or you believe in nature or you just believe in positive energy or you believe in karma, 
then you can believe that the cards are divinely guided for you. I personally do. But in another sense, you can think when you pull a card, it's going to bring up something for you. No matter what it says, there's going to be a piece of you that connects that card and its message to something going on in your life. And that's where I find it to be really helpful. Now, I'll also say anytime I've ever done a reading, and I do readings outside of coaching too, so just full readings, the cards are always pulled in such a way that it blows my mind and it blows the client's mind. It has, it specifically speaks to what you're going on, going, what's going on in your life is a better way to say it. So then we kind of dive into it. So here's what the card is saying. This is our situation. And maybe here are some contributing factors that the cards have brought up. And we read through them and we talk, we coach through them. Like, what's this bringing up for you? Um, It's saying that perhaps you are needing to look, I'm trying to like make up something, but you're needing to go a little bit more inward or you're, you're needing to get out into nature. What is that resonating with you at all? And then inevitably there'll be something that comes up from that. And so it's just a cool way to get some outside guidance, also connect to what you intuitively know to be true. The cards just help pull that out. And then of course, since I am like kind of woo and like into the universe and spirituality, I really believe there have been times where I pull a card and I'm like, oh my gosh, this could not be more of a clue. Thank you universe for bringing this card to my attention. So it's just a fun way to kind of get into all of this work. Um, And it doesn't have to be woo woo or scary if you don't want it to be. Very, that was like, you're, you're good at describing these things. Cause I think it's, it's like, it's just a hard concept for some people when you don't really understand like the point of it, you know? And like, so kind of getting to that nitty gritty of like, well, the whole reason why you're doing it is to connect more with yourself. And that's why people get so pulled to it. Like I get, I see so many people, they're like become obsessed, you know? Um, so I just have one more question around this. Yeah. What is, Cause we get a lot of questions like Kim and I have like different decks and stuff and like I don't specifically use tarot but I have like oracle decks and Mm -hmm. so like what's the difference between like an oracle deck and a tarot deck uh so I think from my understanding an oracle deck is more of like an inspirational intention or message or a mantra whereas the tarot deck you have to interpret a little bit more so I use the wild unknown deck and the cards can mean like various different things and they don't necessarily come with like this card has this mantra or like this is your intention for the day. It's more like this card represents maybe like deep healing or this card represents um, that, I I don't know, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but it's like they're more specific and they kind Mm -hmm. of get more to like the nitty gritty of what's going on. Okay. And it's but almost, I'm not a tarot expert, I, okay. so I'm not sure if there's like a better definition for the difference between an oracle and a tarot deck. I feel like that is it because when you look at like, um, like I have like the goddess guidance, like oracle deck, which is hilarious because the woman that made that, like she is now like a crazy I won't say crazy. She's now like a very strict Christian. Yeah. Which like I'm a I identify as a Christian and like I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But she went from one extreme to now being like she basically thinks like she's like ashamed of all her work and things. Like Why? That. Because it's like she because now she you know, she's believing in like 
Jesus and God. And, you know, so it's like, it, it's just like very interesting. And I didn't know one of my friends told me that she's like, Oh my gosh. She's like, do you know the woman that made that deck? Like now she's like a very strict Christian and like, doesn't believe in any of that stuff. <laughs> okay. But I'll, I'll tell you what I believe. So I like went through my life being Catholic and then I sort of got away from it a little bit and was very much into like, I'm just into the universe and spirituality and I'm a hippie. And now I'm in like this combined phase where I feel like it's all in one. So I really believe like no matter what, um, and Reiki also is the same way. It's a spiritual practice. It's not a religious practice. Mm -hmm. I feel like no matter what tools you're using, you're getting to the same idea of there's something greater and bigger outside of yourself. And there's a deck. Um, oh my goodness. What's it called? I have it on my phone. Oh, it's called keepers of the light. You can get the deck in person or you can actually get the app on your phone. And it includes all of like the spiritual teachers. So there's Buddha in there. There's Jesus. There's Gandhi. There's Mother Teresa. I mean, all and like all of these Greek uh, gods and goddesses. And every time I pull a card, it just makes me think like these people all have something to share and something good to bring to the table. And that's mm -hmm. how I view Reiki. And that's how I view tarot. It's, it's just another tool to connect to your divine self or higher power. That's beautiful. Yeah. And it, I also raised Catholic. I'm even like a confirmed Catholic went all the way there Same. and then like, and then because you're forced to, and then like after that, Same. I like hated it because my parents forced me to do it. And now I'm like, okay, like my husband got deployed and I found God again. It was great. But yeah. I, it's like, it's definitely, I, I think it's more accessible to everyone. And that's why I like that, like tarot and like, just like whatever sort of like spiritual guidance, it's like anyone can access it. There's no like boundaries. Absolutely. Um, so last question and it's around feminine energy. Cause I feel like this is kind of like, uh, it goes with like the whole like Reiki tarot and just like healing your hormones in a more holistic way. Like you kind of can't really ignore the topic of feminine energy. So kind of how would you describe that? And why do you feel like it's essential when it comes to healing our hormones? Hmm. I feel like we don't tap into our feminine energy enough because we live in such a masculine driven society. And I think we're also kind of ashamed of our feminine energy. And I will say this, everybody has masculine and feminine energy, males and females. We have both, but I think there's just been through like growing up in the patriarchy and everything that women have gone through, we shy away from it. And it's actually our superpower. Like the fact that we are more sensitive and that we are more intuitive and that we have these feelings and we have empathy and we can relate and um, like not even if you want to be a mother, but just like aspects of everything that embodies feminine energy and like sensitivity, it's such a beautiful thing. And when we are working against it, we're out of balance. Like we're, we're too much in our masculine driven, hardcore, like black and white world. And I think that's what causes a lot of uh, disconnect in the body. And when you slowly start to dive into some of these things like Reiki, journaling, meditation, yoga, tarot, you, it comes back and it feels really good and it feels really cozy. And then again, that kind of goes back to science. You're, you're bringing your body back into that parasympathetic state and things can start to heal from there. I don't know if that answered your question completely, but yeah, that's how I no. view feminine energy. <laughs> yeah. And I, cause I think it's kind of like, it's almost, it can almost be like confusing for people with like, well, what does that even mean? You know, like, what is, what does it even mean to tap into your feminine energy? But like, it's like, I like to think of it as kind of just like slowing down 
a little bit in that more like intuitive turning inward. It's kind of like, you know, the most feminine I feel like is like when you have your period, even though your hormones are the lowest and you're the most like a man, (laughs) like chemically, which is interesting. Um, you're actually like, cause you are like the most intuitive during that time. So it's like slowing down a little bit, stuff like that. But yeah, and I think it's important. And it, it's like, if you just start to get in tune with your cycle, that's like my favorite way to learn how to tap into it more. Yes. Oh my gosh. When I learned about, like I said earlier, the four phases of the cycle and how my emotions and my hormones relate to that, my mental health, my mind was blown. And I realized how often we're trying to put, especially like during your luteal and uh, menstrual phase, like you're still trying to be in that masculine energy and you're still trying to live as if you can like go, go, go all the time and your body doesn't want that. It wants to become more intuitive. (laughs) Yeah, it'll tell you. (laughs) It will tell you if you do not listen. So yeah, and I like that. And like, you know, tarot and meditation and Reiki, like there, I like that there's tools, you know, to help you tap into it more. I think I like am naturally like much more masculine. And so I found that's why I think I got so attracted to those things. Cause I'm like, Oh, like, how do I slow down more? Like, how do I just chill out? You know, like sometimes I'll like, it's easy for me, but a lot of the times it's not. And so like, I'll use that kind of stuff, journaling, just not feeling like I need to always be like on, you know, and on the go. I think that's super helpful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Is there anything else that you want our listeners to like know or hear from you? I would just say if you're kind of listening to this and you're on the fence, what is this all about? Just try, dip your toes in the in the water and just see how it feels for you. I even started with just buying myself a crystal, like a, a good old rose quartz crystal because it represents self-love. And it just felt good. It felt cozy. And then I, you know, bought a salt lamp and just like little things. And then eventually if you feel like buying an Oracle deck, you can do that or you can schedule a, a Reiki session or a tarot session with somebody Or you can just pick up a book that talks about it and just start to experience and feel what feels right and what doesn't feel right for you. But there's something to um, broadening your horizons and getting into this space a tiny bit uh, just to elevate your healing. I love that. Thanks. I love your perspective. And I'm so (laughs) glad that you came on and that we met and I went on your podcast and everything. So thanks for being here and sharing all of that. Everyone, you can follow Nina at Nourished with Nina on Instagram. And she has a private Facebook group called Healing Hormones. And she has a Healing Hormones podcast. She has a lot of really, really good people on. Um, I'm always like, now that it's like I've like been you. on it. <laughs> like me, have also like I saw <laughs> Dr. Carrie Jones and you have yeah. like lots of, I know you're having Lily Nichols, like that it's going to be very, very cool. So lots of awesome episodes there. And don't forget, you can follow Kim and I at Balance Babes Podcast on Instagram and join our Balance Babes Facebook community if you want to chat more about this episode. And thanks. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me on. Welcome to the Balanced Babes podcast. I'm Kim Perez. I'm Amanda Montalvo. And we are functional nutritionists trained in a holistic, integrative approach to health and are founders of the Balanced Babe Method and Facebook group. We are on a mission to help women learn how to nourish their bodies, balance their hormones, and feel good in their skin. Because we've both dealt with our own health struggles, we are passionate about helping women become more in tune with their bodies and eliminate hormonal imbalances naturally through food, lifestyle habits, mindset, and targeted supplements tailored to each woman. 
We believe in the importance of intention, the power of intuition, and the value of prioritizing self-care. And we're here to empower all women. Before we get started, we want to remind you that we are not your doctor and the content shared on this podcast is for informational purposes only. Please chat with your doctor before making any changes. 